Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Trading Desk. My name is Joshua Thanos. As always, I'm your host, and today we have a very special guest. His name is Ariel Sexton, also known as Tarzan. Hey, hey what's Ariel, up, how are you? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having yeah. me. Awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm doing fantastic as well. We're both pent up here. It's, uh, was it day eight or nine of the, uh, of the COVID uh, uh, isolation test? <laughs> who's, who's counting, right? Who's counting? Just another right. day for me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's funny. Earlier, I talked to you and I said, "Hey, man, are you keeping sane?" And you said, "Listen, I've never been sane." So I like that. That was a good answer. Exactly. This is this is like paradise for me. It's all good. Yeah, you're meditating, and that's kind of how I feel too, man. Though you're uh, you're working on uh, on your skill set, so we'll we'll kind of tell everybody who you are and kind of why you're here. So you're a, a professional mixed martial arts fighter fighting for one championship, uh, the largest uh, the largest MMA organization in Asia, and, and it's based out of Singapore, right? Correct. Cool, man. And uh, you are now being sponsored by a watch brand, one called Anonymo, which is close to my heart. One of my very first watches I ever bought was an Anonymo. Wow. Um, you also used to be uh, 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 sponsored by Parlay as well. So, yeah. uh, so well, first of all, why yeah. don't you give yourself an introduction? Tell everybody who you are, and then we'll talk. We'll go from there. All right. Well, my name's Ariel Sexton. I'm uh, half Canadian, half Costa Rican. Uh, I've been doing sports my whole life. Um, I became a professional mixed martial arts fighter probably in like 2004 or 5. And, you know, it's brought me around the world. And now I live in New York City and I teach Jiu Jitsu at Renzo Gracie Academy in Brooklyn, Manhattan, or in Brooklyn, sometimes in Manhattan. And I have my black belt under Daniel Gracie team. So, I mean, I've been doing MMA for a while, and I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a little bit longer. So maybe around mm -hmm. almost 18 years of jiu-jitsu. Wow. I consider myself a jiu-jitsu fighter in MMA, but uh, again, MMA fighters, you gotta be pretty good at everything. So, you know, I've traveled the world, I've done camps at different schools, different places, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, you name it. You know, that's that's my life. Uh, mixed martial arts is my life. That's amazing, man. I know you've, you've had some pretty wild fights, uh, I think like, for me, because I've been a, a mixed martial arts fan probably since, since I was like in middle school, but like uh, a guy, I think the, the biggest name on your on your record that I know of would be Roger Huerta, um, which if anybody's been a long time mixed martial arts fan, you'll know him from the UFC, and uh, you had a pretty impressive win against him, yeah? Yeah, that was a tough fight. I mean, um, it happened so fast, we were kind of like, it was in China, and we just went out to fight Roger Huerta, and... The whole camp was all just designed on taking him down and wrestling and taking him down and uh, doing jiu-jitsu. And basically, within the first 30 seconds, he, he was on me. And he was trying to take me out in the first, like, maybe two minutes. He wanted to finish me. And he hit me with a really hard left hook that basically, like, damaged my orbital. And Jeez. it made my face kind of go, like, paralyzed, numb. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, like, turned something on for me. And I just got mad inside, right? You couldn't really notice. And right. then I'm like, you know what? Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna brawl, you know? Let's go to war. <laughs> and basically, man, he was a warrior because we went back and forth. Amazing fight. I stepped it up, and I ended up winning by TKO. It was kind of like the, right. um, the no mas, you know, of the. Uh, yeah. uh, he was just like, no more, no more, and that's that's all Thanks. pretty good because I'm not like a high level. I mean, I don't like live off striking. I like to be a grappler. Mm -hmm. So to yeah. go against one of the best strikers like that. Again, my last fight, another guy was a world-class Muay Thai fighter, so I guess I have to put myself in the same category as them. But right, well, you, I like I like jujitsu. Yeah, me too. I think well, that, I, that's kind of how we. I guess we were introduced to each other through Daniel Gracie when I was living in Philly. I was training there, and exactly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you talk about world-class instruction, man. I I learned. I mean, I was there for almost a year, and I learned so much there. Changed my game completely. So thankful for him for sure yeah Daniel's an amazing person a great coach he's very selfless you know he gives a lot to all of his students and he would allow mm -hmm. me to come crash on his couch uh, two or three times a year for different camps and I was living in Costa Rica and I'd come fly up to New York or Boston or Philly or wherever he was living and I would mm -hmm. just be crash on his couch for six weeks and we'd do a camp and then we'd go and fight and we'd represent you know the academy Henzo Gracie Daniel Gracie everything sure well and, and he's also a watch guy too so he loves watches too. He, loves, yeah. he likes black watches. That's it. It's his style. All yeah. black. All black watches. Well, he was he was asking me about some like some real. So when I meet when I meet people and they find out I'm in watches and they want to talk watches, I'm I'm just hoping they don't talk about Invictas or whatever. So I was a little bit wary when he started talking to me about watches, but he starts talking to me about vintage Seiko watches. 
Like, he gets, like, he was getting nerdy about it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I got so excited. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So he actually knows what he's talking about. This is really yeah. cool stuff, man. And then he also told me Henzo was like, he's like, Henzo has all these panorize and everything. And I think I've seen him. So I got I was real excited about that. And then he told me that he's like, oh, my friend's, uh, you know, is, is sponsored by a watch brand. And then that's how, yeah. you know, uh, through that's Instagram, awesome. he, he got me in touch with you. That was cool. So, um, so that's awesome, man. So I think we, all, we everybody has a feel for who you are and, uh, and whatnot. So why don't we do... Uh, something that's customary for the trading desk, and that is a an, uh, a now audio only wrist check. So, what, what do you got on the wrist? Well, right now, I'm wearing one of my uh, favorite conversational timepieces. I like to call sure. it. Sure. So it's a Corum Jolly Roger bubble, and um, it's a limited edition. So it's twenty of twenty. It has diamond okay. bezel, and this watch means a lot to me because when I moved to Costa Rica, um, I bought one that was another Corum. And it didn't have diamonds. It wasn't as fancy. And then mm -hmm. I saw this one, and, and I was like, can I get that one? He was like, give me your other one. And I started working my way up. I got this one. And it was actually mm -hmm. to go to uh, to Halloween, to a Halloween party in Las Vegas. And okay. uh, basically, I came back. I was like, I need to keep the watch. And then I started selling watches for this friend of mine. And then That's I started it. getting into, yeah, anyway, long story. This watch has been with me for over 15 years. So wow. So wait, you you were selling watches in Costa Rica? Yeah. So I'm actually um, I would say I'm a, a friend of the brand, or I like to call myself an ambassador of time. Right? Okay. And uh, <laughs> I work with my friend. His name is Michael Hosley, and he's okay. uh, he has a jewelry store in Costa Rica and as well in sure. in Zurich, Switzerland. He's a Swiss guy, and oh, wow. he sells all the different types of brands, you know. And he is the guy that got me into some nice watches in Costa Rica, and then I started selling them because at the time people were buying a lot of watches. So I would mm -hmm. sell like Jacobs and Hublots and uh, different watches. Mm -hmm. He had um, Zenith and he has, uh, um, I mean, a, a whole bunch of watches selection that he has. I would sell them to my friends and different people, Corums, and I would get com some commissions and then I would kind of climb up the ladder on, on the watches through that way. Oh, wow. You know, he was the one that found me the sponsors. Uh, I had a Kustov sponsor, I had a Perlay oh, sponsor, okay. and then I have now an Anonymous sponsor. Oh wow! Okay, all right. So I'm gonna get back to. I have some follow up questions for you on those. That's that's very interesting. I didn't realize that you had ever sold watches. So that's exciting to me. Yeah. Um, but do you you mentioned that there was a uh, a situation with that watch. Do you mind uh, talking yeah. about it? Yeah. Well, but the one I mean, on your wrist is what the one on about. my wrist. Yeah. The, this one is is pretty. Uh, like I said, I, I call it has has a curse because the Jolly Roger okay. is is a skull and crossbones. It's got the curse of the Tarzan's curse, right? Okay. So what happened was. At the time, there was these pretty shady guys that were living near my teacher's house. So I was training with my teacher a lot, and they kind of mm -hmm. saw me coming and going to this guy's house a lot. And uh, and then I ended up moving in to, with my teacher uh, through some cir circumstances that happened. And then they realized where I lived, and then these guys decided to break into our house. And they had stolen, I lost $40,000 worth of jewelry, watches. Uh, I, wow. I lost a Jorg Heisek that I had that was really nice. I lost like three Corums. I lost a tag. I lost this this Corum was included in it. I lost some mm. rings and jewelry, and I was all just devastated, Oof. right? But my jeweler friend, he told me to make sure that I, I put a proper claim in because that watch is not really that easy to find, you know? So if it, if it turns up, uh, most likely it'll be yours. So I had gone down to the police station, and I put a proper claim in, and then... Like I was pretty optimistic, but I didn't see or hear, hear anything about it. I was even called into the police station once to look at watches that they confiscated from like this band of like pirate watch thieves in Central America. Okay. And I was looking at Rolexes and all these watches, and I was like, man, they're asking me how much they were worth, and I was like, this one's worth like ten grand, five grand, this, and they're like smiling, and I'm like, just give me a watch, man. Come on, guys, and they wouldn't, give me, they wouldn't even give me a watch, right? So yeah, yeah. the time that I went down there, I didn't get anything. And then, like a year later, I someone had told me that someone bought this fancy Corum, and they were out partying, and they saw them. So just like through like hearing someone talking about it, and someone said he knew the guy, we ended up going down to the party, and I saw the guy wearing my watch, and uh, I gave him like an ultimatum. You know, I was like, "Listen, like this is kind of like my watch. So, it was stolen." You know, well, you were a fighter at this time. Uh, yeah, I was doing jiu-jitsu. I was probably a purple belt or something, and I, and I might have okay. had an MMA fight, and I was with a bunch of my friends for sure, right? And this is a guy, <laughs> I was like 23 or 4 maybe, I don't know, it was a while ago, Okay. and this guy might have been like 30, 30, like he was older than me, but right. 
he didn't buy it. Um, he didn't steal it. He bought it stolen. You know what I mean? I, I know oh, okay. he didn't break into my house or anything. But okay. he ended up not wanting to give it to me because he had paid for it. He bought he bought it stolen for like three or four grand or something. And he, okay. didn't, he didn't want to give it back to me. So I had to let him go because he was like a rich guy. He didn't, you know, didn't want to lose face maybe at the bar. Sure, sure. So yeah. then I had to talk to him for like a couple of weeks to try to get up, a, get a sting. It, it turned into a real bigger thing than it, than it was. I had the police, <laughs> I had the police come down with me. Um, I went into a meeting, and he had all these security guards that had guns. And I went in there with my jiu-jitsu coach, and we went into a fancy uh, Italian restaurant, you know, just like the just like the movies. And um, the dad was like making gestures, like he was like trying to scare us and intimidate us. And the kid was just listening, right? But we were trying to get the thing back without paying. And then mm-hmm. basically it wasn't going to happen and I just got frustrated and I just left. And I kind of like slammed a couple tables and, and I like made a little bit, a bit of a fuss. Right. And then I told the son, I'm like, listen, man, like you're doing this to me. Um, most likely, uh, every time I see you on the street, I'm just going to take you down and just beat you up, you know, because <laughs> okay. this is how it is now. Like I try to be nice and it's not going to happen. And then he ended up right. he ended up running out behind his dad's orders and getting my watch and giving it to me saying he didn't want any problems. And, uh. and it was kind of all scratched up because they had, they had dogged it. They had thrown it around in bags and different things. And uh. um, basically, I sent it in and got polished. And then he started training jiu-jitsu after. So it was, uh, yeah, got him into With jiu-jitsu. you? Not with me, but wow. he, was, he was training later. Okay. And then basically coming over to the to the to the dark side or light side or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it turned into a good story. Jitsu actually uh, balanced everything out. You know, I got my one watch back, and then um, yeah, that was it. And then like I've had it for a while. Like I said, it means something to me, but it's pretty cool. It's a crazy story. Wow, that is a crazy story. Holy shit! I didn't I did not expect it to go that way. Either. I got more stories than that one. That's just one. Okay. Cool. Well. All right. So that's. That's your wrist check. That was a. That might be the best wrist check we've ever done. I've, I've been doing. I've been doing the trading desk for almost two and a half years, and then this is only our fourth or fifth podcast. But by far, that was the best wrist check story. The, so the curse my, of the Jolly Roger, and the guy who yeah. stole it from me, he was a serious gangster. So he ended up going to jail for uh, homicide. I'm pretty sure. And he was on the news going crazy and he was in jail. And he was a heavy dude. You did not want to mess with that guy. So I couldn't even go after wow. him even if I wanted to. And basically, um, karma, you know, like you shouldn't be doing Jeez. that kind of shit. Exactly. But, yeah. Watch karma. Watch karma, man. Damn. Everyone's going to catch right, up. Well, Their time's going to catch up to them. Always. I, that's one thing I always believe in. Karma always pays you back no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But um, all right. So I'll do my wrist check. Not nearly as exciting. I don't have any stories. I have a... Uh, a Rolex Explorer 2, 42 millimeter. I've been wearing this for a few weeks now. I've been rotating. I've had this one in my Panerai 560. I've been getting the most wear during our uh, our little uh, meditation session for the last week or two. That, and then I also have my Helios, which I've been wearing. I just got that recently, which is a fantastic watch. I just kind of introduced you to the brand, so I'm hoping you'll I'm going to take a look at it look for at, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The great brand. Maybe, maybe they're interested in doing a sponsorship, too. But um, yeah, mine's the Black Dial Explorer 2, the new model, which I uh, I have a belief. Well, I had a belief until now. I don't know what's going to happen with Rolex this year, but I believe that they were going to discontinue this watch or re, um, uh, re-edition the watch maybe with like a ceramic bezel. But I haven't heard anything from anybody. I'm trying to get like some insider yeah. uh, view of like what what's going to happen. Like, obviously, there's no Basel. There's no SIHH. So does that mean that these brands are just not going to release things? I mean... AP just released something on on Instagram or on their website, like a some like special edition watch. But besides that, it's kind of quiet, you know. Well, what you're wearing is what I want next. That's my next watch. Yeah. I want. I want. You want the black or the white? I dial? want the polar one. I want the white one. Okay. So that's that's what I want to get my little my Miller beat hooks on next. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the next watch. Yeah, it's gonna be the next. Yeah, one. maybe it's kind of like three watch after next big fight, maybe. Yeah, it, it kind of like reading up on it. It like it holds a lot of the same values as me. Like I'm an explorer. I'm durable. Okay. You know, it's 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 yeah. just a a, a really uh, you know a sturdy, reliable tool. You know, that's just like in control of something that in a place mm-hmm. that can be so crazy and hectic that there's no control. It's always always calm. It's always cool. It'll always tell you the time. You know what I mean? So I like the dur- I like the durability of that one. You know, a lot of my watches have different like, you know, like suede ba- bands and different things, and they're more like you know you got to take care of them a little bit more. 
But I like that. Sure. That's just like you can dive with it, you can ski with it, you can do everything with it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's one thing that people love about Rolex and like. So like as a as a you know a buyer of watches for I guess now almost eight years, I've seen people walk into an to our office and say, "Hey, I want to sell my Rolex," and I start asking them the questions. Oh, I got it twenty five years ago. Have you ever heard it service? No, I never needed to. It's still running. Wow. So like. There's no other watches that people bring into us that are that that are. I mean, first of all, that watch definitely needs a service if it comes in after 25 years. But the point is that these things are are you know the the movements have been made for so long and the same method and, and the QC is so strong that these watches are highly highly durable. So I think I like you know that. you can't go wrong in terms of like tool watches. So obviously these are all luxury goods, right? So like nobody needs to buy any of these things. But on the other side of that, if you want to buy something that's going to last for a long long time. Like buying a Rolex, like what what else is being made? Like you buy a car, it's the car every uh, a car they come out with a new model every two years, and they're kind of it's like if somebody has a car for ten years, you're like wow, like that's that's a long time now, right? Yeah. These days, unless it's like some sort of vintage or whatever. So like things are not made to to last long. I mean everything is disposable. I mean uh, you know it doesn't matter what you have now, clothes don't last long. Uh, um, you know doesn't matter what it is. Everything's kind of made to be disposable, obsolete. Even the iPhones that we're on right now, you know, you're supposed to get a new one every two years because this one shits out on you. But when it comes to Swiss watches and Rolex specifically, you know, those things are, are made to kind of outlive you. And while if you take good care of your of your Jolly Roger, that'll probably, you know, last for a long time, but it's not nearly as durable as, as you know, really anything coming from Rolex. And Yeah, I'm a, I'm a kind of person that deal. takes care of everything. Like I polish everything. I take care of everything, like my shoes, my clothes, my room, my house. Like sure. it's just the way it is. Like that's the way I'm always organized. And so that, that will, like I even accidentally shined my Anonymous Military that has, it's bronze and it oxidates, right? right. And it's supposed to get all like mm -hmm. rusty and look all nice and used. And I hadn't used it. I went on a trip. I left it. And it started getting all rusty, and I was like, I can't deal with it. And I had to, and I had to shine off, shine it off. And my friend's like, Don't do that. You got to keep that. And I'm like, No, yeah. I got rid of Patina, it. Patina, man. I got rid of it. Oh. But now I'm trying to grease it up a little bit so it comes back and it starts to look a little bit rusty and you know oxidated again. So we'll see what happens. Well, you know the, you know the best way to, to get like a really nice patina on one on on a, on a bronze watches, right? Are you familiar with the method? You just wear it in the ocean. Oh yeah. Wear it in the ocean, but this has a, a leather strap. Uh, well, is it an anonymous strap or no? It's an anonymous strap, yeah. So the anonymous leather strap should be. Let me see it. So just for people who are listening to this, we're we're on Facetime now, so we can see each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't put. I wouldn't. It's a calfskin. It's calfskin. It's nice and blue. It's kind of yeah. like a. It's a real nice watch, though. I really like it. It means an, uh, another, another thing awesome. to me. Yeah, it's, it's a, I like how it opens up at the top, you know. And I believe Anonimo, sure. Anonimo uh, and Panerai, they were like, they were something before, right? And they kind of split up. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. Well, I can tell you the story if you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Panerai, um, so if you're familiar with Panerai, anyone who's listening or, or you as well, um, there's, there's things called pre-Vendome Panerai's. Right, and then there's the you know Richemont Panerai, right? So pre-Vendome means it was before, um, before the Vendome Group, which is now Richemont, bought the Panerai brand and took them from Italy. Uh, Panerais were all made, um, manufactured, and sold out of Italy, right? Yeah. It's an Italian brand, Panerai. Um, so at the time, it, I think it was, uh, I believe it was like 1999. Uh, actually, I've done a video, so if you Google it when we're done here, you can see I did the whole history of Panerai, and that's in there. Uh, but it was in the late 90s, Panerai, um, could have been 97 actually, because this one is an A-serial, A-serial, and this is like a, a yeah. one of the first models, the one I have my ha uh, my Panerai um, 002A, but it's, um, I believe to say it was 1997, they moved Panerai from, uh, or the manufacturing of Panerai from Italy to Switzerland, right? Because all of the best watches were made in Switzerland, that's where Panerais are made now, so it's basically just Italian by name. Yeah. Um, but at that time, a lot of the watchmakers were not, they didn't want to move to, uh, to Switzerland and they, they wanted to continue the tradition of Italian watchmaking. So then you had spin-offs. So you have companies like Anebi, mm -hmm. you have companies like um, uh, An Anonimo, yeah. which was, these were watchmakers from uh, uh, from Panerai. There's another brand that, uh, the name is escaping me, but that's, so it spun off a, f uh, a few small brands and they're all similar looking. Yeah. So I actually, I have a Panerai that's somewhat similar to the one you have. It's probably the same era. It's called the High Dive, which is also like, I think it was 25, pieces I had it it's not with me right here but i have it. i'll text you a picture of it when we're done here but uh it's that one was a pvd so it's like a black coating yep. 
uh, over and and it's it's scratched as shit, man. It, but I like it. Like it's similar to how your watch gets a patina. Yeah. PVD as you scratch it can be seen as like a, a patina as well. It, you know, like I have a, a Panerai seven seven nine, which is also has that PVD. But I would certainly wouldn't scratch it because it's a much different type of watch. The price point's much higher and everything. But Anonymo is a is a great brand with a great history, and obviously the Anonymo's history is also Panerai's history. Yeah. They just they split off in in the late nineties, cool. um, but a lot of people don't understand that, and they don't. They, you know, the brand has gone through financial troubles, has gone out of business a few different times. Actually, the company I work for, Watchbox, which is also partners with Godbergs, Godbergs, I, I believe at one point, either owned the distribution rights or owned the whole brand of Anonymo for a very short time. Wow. So, yeah, so we've seen a lot of Anonymous come and go, but it's it, it's a great brand, and and you know the fact that uh, when I saw that you were sponsored by them, I was like, oh wow, like I'm. Not many people love Anonymous. It's like a very niche brand. And so when I saw that you were being sponsored by them and you own them, we, you know, I were talking about them. I'm like, oh, this is I great. got to go out there and meet them. I went, I died and went to watch heaven, right? So I, um, after my last fight, uh, I was brought out to, uh, to Zurich and I went over to, I, I guess it was Neuchâtel. It was this little town that you, right. all, all, there's like this little high in the, high in the mountains uh, where all, mm-hmm. the, all the brands have their home headquarters. So I went right. and I, check, I checked out Anonimo, uh, their headquarters. Um, mm-hmm. And they also have another one called Volcan or Volcane. Yeah, that's like Volcane, Volcane. Yeah. yeah, that's the, the watch that had given all the presidents of America, uh, they give them yeah. a watch, right? So, and they have a- Volcane Cricket. Volcane Cricket, yeah. So I got to see the cricket yeah. and I got to see how they made the watches. Um, it was a cool time. So I, I mean, I've also gone to Dubai for another Middle Eastern watch uh, exhibition too, uh, brought out from another watch sponsor I had. So I've had some good adventures on this uh, this whole watch thing. That's awesome. So you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier that, uh, so your friend in Costa Rica is the one who got you in touch with some of these brands who wanted to sponsor you? Yeah, so um, Hosley's a great guy. And he, uh, mm-hmm. I, I had spoken with him, I think it was after Mayweather fought against Pacquiao. And I think Mayweather, oh, wow. Mayweather was gonna get, uh, maybe the first time they fought or something, he was getting a watch, a Hublot watch that was a million dollars that was designed right. like the belt that he won. So The diamond piece. Yeah, so we were just talking like, man, like, listen, I'm fighting in Asia. A lot of people are watching. I was just saying, why don't you find a brand for me that will sponsor me? So mm-hmm. we were going, like I was telling him to get all these big brands, but he was like, okay, first, like win a world title yeah. and then we'll get you a big brand. Step by step. You know, like step by step, right? I'm like, get me a Rolex, get yeah. me this, get me that. And he's like, hold on, hold on. So we started with Kustos. And okay. um, we did a fight in uh, Singapore with them. And I broke my arm and I ended up winning the fight with a broken arm. It was a pretty cool fight. Um, and, wow. and then after that, it was like they didn't really want to continue. So we just kept trying other brands, other brands. And then we fell into Parallel. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, it was a, cool, it was a cool brand. It, it, it had like the turbine and they... They're yeah. the inventors of the automatic movement in 1777, and they have a couple things that they claim, right? Um, right. They, well, that's that's something that a lot of brands claim. They made the, there's probably ten different brands say um, they invented the chronograph, yeah. they invented the automatic movement, but but apparently it's a cool a cool brand too. Yeah, but, it was uh, it right, was so cool. You, they so gave me a lot of product, which was nice, you know. So it was basically a sponsor. So I mean, I don't really need ten watches uh, of the same right. brand. So I would use it to, I would sell them to sponsor my training is basically what it is. Uh, and then, Did you get good money for those? I mean, yeah, I mean, each one retail, each watch is around eight grand, six to eight grand. Right. And they might've gave me eight watches, mm-hmm. you know? So oh, for wow. two fights and um, basically I, I kept one. I have this yellow one. It's uh, the XL Turbine. Um, it's pretty cool. Sure. And I sold the rest of them just online uh, through eBay and maybe a friend wanted to buy one and I'll obviously give a good deal. I'm not going to sell it for retail. I'll sell it for under, you know, no, no problem. Right. But um, yeah, after that, they, they're not the best in terms of holding value, but they're they're really cool watches. Yeah, it's just like a, it's 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 just a novelty watch, you know. Like they have a, a exactly. certain thing about them that people like to talk about, you know. But I don't hold their value. And then I got into the mm-hmm. Anonimo because after that, now I've been working with Anonimo. I guess the last fight or two, um, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's where I am today. That's cool. So, so what's that process like? Do you, you get they get put you in touch with a marketing person or like how does the conversation go? Or is so my my friend basically he's like my watch manager, which is so awesome to say that I have a watch manager, okay. right? And um, yeah. even a couple fights, I didn't have a sponsor. Like he he couldn't get me at the watch sponsor, so he would give me credit mm-hmm. in his store, and I would just go in and get oh, nice. like a couple watches. That's how I got my Diedrich, another one that I like here. 
Oh, yeah. And the DJ sure. shared another quorum, another fight, because he had given me like $10,000 credit. So I went and I got a quorum, nice. and I got another one, and a couple gifts for some other people and stuff like that. Um, it's great. So he's just a great guy. Like I, like I said, I would check into Hostly, uh, Michael Hostly, Hostly Jewelers. I, I'm on the on their webpage, and you can take a look. Cool. And it's yeah, jewelry watches a lot of stuff. So, and basically, awesome. he he converses with them, and then I uh, just have to go in there and throw the punches and look the part as an athlete. <laughs> All right. So you don't have to do any of the any of the negotiating or any no of the negotiating. Stuff. You're no, just like I training. Don't and, yeah, okay, that's good. It. They just want me to put watches on and, and smile and pretend like I'm James Bond. That's it. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, that's that's fantastic. Is uh, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of. Uh, so I know that Anderson Silva has an ublow. He's got like the spider ublow that I've seen. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mayweather, a few boxers, but I'm trying to think of any other fighters that I know who either have their own watches or, or are sponsored by uh, watch brands there really aren't many well I had got into it because first off like we we need sponsors as fighters but what do we want do we right. want food do we want I'm looking at a real estate sponsor you know what I mean to pay my rent or something okay. or like Trader Joe's or sure. something to give me food because that's what necessities are you know like I need rent and mm -hmm. food I don't really need that much supplements I buy my own supplements I know what I want and I don't need any more clothes so I was like, let me get something of value, you know? Like I had seen boxers and fighters in Costa Rica get Toyota sponsored to give them a car or something. I, I, it's oh, kind wow. of practical, so that's what you want, right? But I've always mm -hmm. loved watches and jewelry, so I'm like, man, let's do the watches, and then at least you could sell it or hold its value or whatever it may be, you know? Use right. it as a, as a, a commodity or as, as a monetary a fund, you know? Mm-hmm. But, that's a good way to go about yeah. it so so you said you've always liked watches so like what was your the first watch you ever bought so my mother when my mother and father separated my mother moved to to lucerne switzerland and this was when i oh, was wow. like six in grade six so maybe like 11 or something or 12 so mm -hmm. she had sent me a, a swatch and she'd sent me like she sent me like for my birthday or like another time she'd send me little watches she sent me this like silver mm -hmm. Perry Ellis watch that I still have. It's like really old. It's made of silver. It doesn't. I don't think it's sure. worth a lot. But a lot of the places where they change the battery, like wow, that's got great movement. Um, and that thing's probably worth a couple thousand dollars. And I'm like, really? I was gonna throw it away. You know, like wow. it's, it's an old, sure. old, small little silver suit watch. And then I might have gotten okay. like a, I think a Tag Heuer uh, was one of the first ones I had. Um, I just got little watches back back in the day. This is in high school. And, and I had lost mm -hmm. them. Like a lot of them got stolen in high school. Uh, so I was like all bummed out. And then Costa Rica happened again. And then now I'm starting another collection now through the fighting, uh, starting to build up another collection again. So yeah, it's it's been a while. I would say even the Timex Indigo was one of our first watches that everybody had. Yeah, you know I'm saying? Absolutely. That's back in the day, yeah, we were like absolutely. 10, 9. And we had that Timex with the little blue <laughs> light and you'd hit it and you'd be like, look at my watch, you know? So yeah, you'd be flexing you'd on be people. flexing on people as kids. <laughs> so that's probably the first place. Yeah. You know. Any G Shocks or anything like that? Um, not really. Didn't really have any G Shocks. Never really got into anything like that. No. Um, I, I liked. I actually had an. Uh, one, what was this one called that I bought? Um, I think it was called a Sector. Have you heard of Sector? Okay. I bought. Yeah, I bought it in Saint Martin yeah. uh, when I went to Saint Bart's mm -hmm. in Saint Martin. It has like a tax tax free island. And I remember I saw this pretty right. cool, uh, I think it was a sector. It was blue, two-tone blue, uh, blue and gold, gold and silver. And I was like, man, that thing's awesome. And it might have been $1,000. <laughs> and I bought right. it and I wore that thing for like three yeah. or four years. And I lost it in Costa Rica. <laughs> but um, uh. it's just like the wild, wild west out there. Shiny things, you know, think people are attracted to them. <laughs> I'm lucky I've got, I'm, I'm lucky I got away with all the stuff I have still, you know, so. Jeez. So, so your, your suggestion is if I visit Costa Rica, don't bring anything expensive. Bring one that you're going to wear, you know, you don't want to take it okay. off and leave it anywhere or if it, it's a third world country, you have to be careful anywhere you go. Like it could happen here in America too, sure. but I mean, definitely right. you don't want to be leaving things out. And this was a different time. This was a while ago and there's probably like sure. negligence and, you know, not keeping it the way that I keep things now or just being careful, right. being careful, well, yeah. you know. Exactly, I understand that. Right. Cool, man. So, so right now you have so you've told me about three of the watches you have. You have the the Corum Jolly Roger, which is, I mean, people who know me know that I have this weird obsession and love for Corum uh, uh, Corum bubbles. Like, like you got to be a special person to be able to appreciate a Corum bubble. 
right? You gotta have, you gotta be like a little, a little fucked up in the brain, I think, in my opinion. So like, I, I love them. I've owned a bunch. I don't have any now, and it's, and now it's making me like. After we're done recording this, I might go on eBay and start like looking for for another quorum. Man, I got an, I had another. So I got the other quorum bubble. They made a, a a new one, I guess, in 2016 or 17. They made a new series. Jolly Roger Which, also. Uh, it was um I guess it was the Mexican. It had the Mexican uh, skull in it. I forget the exact name of okay. it. Okay. The Dia de los Muertos, maybe, and it was a uh, all limited sure. edition, eight, 88 pieces, and or 188 right. pieces, and I had 88 of 188. And I got that. I got okay. that one. Um, I guess after I fought this Japanese guy in One FC, that was part of the sponsor deal. So I got that quorum, and I had uh-huh. the original bubble, and then I had the other bubble, and and I was I love the other bubble. It was all black. It was great. It was it was sure. all, I was bigger than the other one, the, the older one too. So it was a great bubble. Right. But one of my friends just fell in love with it. He'd see me wearing it, and it was an Italian guy who owns a suit company, and. Um, he had sponsored me for a suit as well. So I told him, I'm like, right. listen, like he, he loved it. He, he wouldn't stop talking about it. And I'm like, listen, I'll give it to you. Really, really good deal. I know you like it. I, yeah. I don't need to have 10, 10 watches right now. It's, I mean, like I need it for, right. I need it for my next fight. You know, let's, let's sell it. Sure. So he took it off my hands and he, he, he still shows me pictures every day. He sends me pictures of it. He's like, best watch I ever had. They're really durable. <laughs> they're, they're good watches. They are. Well, they're durable. I mean, it has a big crystal, so you have to worry about scratching the crystal and whatnot, but First of all, for the price point, what you get is that I mean, yours is yours is automatic or it's quartz. It's automatic, right? This one's quartz. Okay, quartz. Okay, this so one's battery. So I, right. So I mean, they obviously they make automatic and they make quartz. Like I'm actually partial to quartz. I love it from like as an art piece. I think it's it's unbelievable. And if I wear if I'm out wearing my Panerai or if I'm out wearing a quorum bubble, I'll get ten times more. I don't get any comments on on a, on a Panerai. But on a corner bubble, people are like, oh wow, that's a yeah. that's a weird watch. What's, what, what, what's going Conversational. on? Conversational. Conversation. Oh okay. yeah. Well, there's there was one. Uh, I, see, I don't know all the names of them anymore. But uh, there was a guy I used to work with who who liked these watches. He was like me. He was a little bit like half cocked, like his little screwy. And uh, it was the it was like a flaming skull. There's an, it's called um, the Night Rider. I'll tip my tongue. Okay, the Night Rider. It's there it is. Exactly. So it is a Night Rider. Yes. Yeah. I had that one. So, I had that one. Yeah, I really. Had so that one is. I think that one's worth a lot. Of it money. was one of the like in in terms of what quorums. It was. Worth. It got stolen. It was one. I had an orange one. I had a Night Rider, and I Son had this one. Uh, this one, imagine, because this one when I first got it, it was I think six thousand dollars is what it cost maybe okay. fifteen years ago. Sure, retail retailish, yeah. and every year it goes up because it is a limited edition. So apparently now, if you look online, you can't find it. It's sold out. I think it's around thirteen thousand. Right. And that's Jesus. what my well, and, and my jeweler told me. He's like, "Listen, man, I have someone who wants to buy it. Give it back to me, and I'll give you thirteen thousand for it." And I and I at this time, this was like five years ago. I was like, "Nah, I want to keep it," because I was just I didn't have any shit. other watches. Like I didn't have this other sponsorship. Now how he, now he writes me and goes, "Hey, you want you want to sell it? I probably get rid of it, you know." And I but mm-hmm. I mean, he's been with me for so thirteen thousand dollars. That's what it's going up now. Who knows? Wow, that's you know what I haven't been. I'm not really up on the corn bubble market because the, the thing is, so watches corn bubbles for whatever reason don't tend to trade between dealers a lot. They're usually going to be like on eBay between private owners, and there's there's a list of different types of watches that are so like uh, in that range. Also, if you go all the way up to like MBNF and like weird funky watches that like that are just the again you have to be a little screwy in order to to like appreciate the watch. For whatever reason, it's not a mainstream piece, so they tend to trade between deals. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tonight. I'm gonna spend my time looking into. Look at the this one because this market. one's a Jolly Roger with the diamond bezel, and they have diamonds. ones with no diamonds, okay. and they have one with full diamonds. And sure. I think this is the one that was the most sought after because the one that was completely okay. covered in diamonds didn't do as well, and it wasn't limited nah. edition. I don't know how it worked, but this one actually, I've seen it. I have a few places I've been looking up because I was contemplating selling right. it years ago. And I was like, sure. you know what? Even if you put it for a price, because you can't find it, someone who wants it will take it. Yeah, throw it up there. Is, I mean, listen, that's that's why I look the way I look at it. If it's a if it's like a, a basically a piece unique or or essentially the only one on the market, go high as you can and just take offers at this point. But damn, thirteen! I can't imagine thirteen thousand dollars for a wow. That's 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 bonkers. But I mean, it, there is a following. There's certainly a following. You know, Corm as a brand is not a brand that's known to hold value. They make uh, like their um, uh, what is it the uh, Admiral's yeah. Cups, which that's kind of like their flagship, but their Golden Bridge they, is pretty their nice. brand identity. Golden Bridge is cool, and I like I so I think I might have 
the the number one Golden Bridge collector is one of my one of my clients. He's a, an older guy. He just he doesn't like Rolex, doesn't like Paddock, no AP. Only buys like Gerard Perigo. He buys Corum. He buys like weird Urverk and weird watches. Like but he's he. Erverk is, is really funky. Well, in terms of value play, so like value for dollars, you could buy like a $90,000 Erverk for like 25 grand right wow. now. Like that's that's kind of what the, the value they hold just because they're funky, they're weird. But again, like, you know, you like Erverk, I like Erverk. You got to be kind of a weirdo in order to like these kind of, like these funky watches. Well, I just like things that are different. You know, I don't really like to be a follower. So I wouldn't just buy a watch because it's a good investment. You know what everybody I mean? Like else. everybody just buys yeah. watches all because it's a good investment. I'm just going to buy it, whatever. Especially and nowadays. nowadays like, oh, you yeah. have to get this Rolex. But they're not like watch lovers, you know? Like I would say they don't like the watch. I have a definite problem, you know? Like I wake up in the morning and I'm looking at watches all day long. Like I'm scrolling at watches <laughs> and people look at you. It's like they're like it's an obsession, you know what I mean? And I'll even take my watches yeah. out and I'll shine them. I'll put them down beside yep. me and I'll sit around them. You know, like they're they're like they're humans, like they're alive. You know, so, but now I've 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 got into Rolex, so now I do I want to get a Rolex, like I said, um, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get one that everybody has. You know, so I think that that one that explore no Samaritan or no Datejust. We'll see. I'm not gonna say never, but I mean, I definitely want to get sure. one that I could do like backflips off a, a volcano into a pond <laughs> with, and it can it can endure okay. that. You know, so I need to get something that's that's explorer type. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens if if Rolex does release a new version, then uh, I mean, hopefully mine will go up in value. But um, I mean, we'll see what happens with with what they do. I think they it's due for for an upgrade. They've been making this one for two thousand eleven. I think is when they when they changed from the forty millimeter to the forty two millimeter. So they've been making this watch for almost for what almost ten years. So I thought they were discontinuing the upgrade. old one, the forty the forty one. The that was in two thousand discontinued now. Yeah, that yeah, 2011 was the last year they made that watch, and they switched to the 42 millimeter. But so now it's been almost 10 years that they've made the same same watch, and with no upgrades. Which, I mean, even if like like roll the Submariner is one thing because like that's like a mainstay, and they don't really mess with them too much. I I believe if you had to ask me, I think that they're gonna change the movements in the in the um, Submariners, and they might even change the cases. But they're gonna keep that. They're not gonna mess with the Submariner too much. But Explorers, since they're not always the best seller. Those ones tend to change. I mean, like Mill Gauss, they, they change those yeah. over years. Uh, some of the Sea Dwellers, they've changed. They've obviously released like Sky Dwellers and things. But I mean, Rolex can be, if, if you don't pay attention to them, you know, Rolex can certainly be like a watch that like you're just, you know, you're you're just getting in with the crowd. But if you do the research yeah. like you have with the Explorer, you figure out what it is and who's owned these. And like, you know, you can look at the, um, uh, uh, the what's his name? Why am I... Uh, the orange hand commemorates, um, oh my God, I'm spacing right now on the guy's name. But so there, there's a long history is what I'm saying with the Explorer, right? Mallory, they had the GMT the and then they had the Explorer. Wearing it? No. Well, no, it wasn't Mallory. I, I'm, I, I'll, as soon as we're done recording, I'll remember it. This is how it works. But, um, but yeah, so, but there's a lot of history with these watches and, and Rolex is very specific with their history. They don't just, yeah. you know, they don't just disregard history. Well, I like vintage ones too. Watches. Of course, I like all, like the old vintage Rolex would be pretty cool. I just can't believe, like, my grandfather, he was a pretty wealthy man, and he was in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from England, and he uh, moved to Canada. And, man, he had all types of different things that he liked doing, like gambling and smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Right. But why didn't he buy a bunch of Rolexes and just have them there and just <laughs> pass them down to me instead of the shotguns that I got and different things? Like, Damn, come on. Though those can be... Come on, Grandpa. The shotguns are worth more today than they were just a week ago. Man, the, the shotguns gun prices that we had, really we have, going we crazy. Have old man liquor rifle and a shotgun that's up in my grandma's attic that are from 50, 80 years. Who knows how old they are? You know, oh, so wow. it might be worth something. But um, another sure. watch I really like is the Zenith El Primero. I love that watch too. Um, yeah, I really like the, any yeah. of the vintage ones as well as the new ones. I believe that Rolex is like their their movement is the Rolex movement, right? Well, they're the opposite. So uh, that's one thing, and it's funny uh, with this whole like boost in, in watch values over the last like four years, where like like Rolex went crazy, also Patek and AP. Um, so uh, before Rolex went in house with their Daytona movements, they used to use Zenith El Primero, okay, that's right, it which are nah. right. So those, so this was basically pre two thousand, so like up to like nineteen ninety nine, um, and they were those were basically like a dime a dozen. Like right now, you can buy an El Primero chronograph on eBay for like $2,500. And it has the exact same movement, 
that's in a uh, an El Primero uh, Daytona, which is now, I mean, today might be maybe less, but just like a month ago were $25,000 launches. So it's it's crazy, you know, how, how people look at that. You can get literally an El Primero movement is a super well-made chronograph, but it's a dime a dozen, yeah. right? Like Zenith is a, is, a, is a fantastic manufacturer. They make amazing chronographs. They're hardy watches, but... You know, like it just it just goes to show when somebody's like, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, it, it it doesn't really matter what the movement is. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if it says Rolex on a dial, but the movement's Zenith, the watch is gonna be worth a ton. And and I remember when I first started in the industry, those were actually the least popular um, Daytonas. Daytonas. Oh, you lost your. Okay, oh, you lost your. Okay, I lost, my head. I lost my head. We're good. So I gotta put you on this for a little bit. So. Alright, so uh, all right, so, uh let's hear we're gonna go ahead and pause for a second then, alright? Pause if you pause your audio for me. Alright, we're back after a ten second hiatus. So what we were saying was um when I first started in the industry about eight years ago, uh it was before the kind of the bubble that we're kind of we were in up until a couple weeks ago, but still a lot of these watches are above retail. So uh Daytona's well this was so this was before the new ceramic came out, but so at that time there was two different like modern Daytonas, there was the the one six five two zero, which is the Zenith movement, and then the one one six five two zero, which was the you know notated that it was an in house Rolex movement. And at that time, everybody wanted the Rolex movement, so those ones traded. So like the the Rolex movement ones were trading between ten and twelve thousand, like right around uh the original list price. Whereas the Zenith Daytonas, which I guess their list price was lower at the time, but in terms of trading price, they were. They were probably like seven to nine thousand dollars is what is what market people were paying for those watches and now they're twenty to twenty five thousand dollars so it's 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 crazy for like you said like it's a Zenith Daytona it's a very iconic uh, or Zenith El Primero very iconic movement but it's not like it's some very rare special movement I mean they're literally a dime a dozen yeah we'll see what that bubble ha- we'll see what the bubble right we'll see. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing, uh, you know, as of right now, in the throes of this, uh, you know, which pandemic or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, prices for everything were coming down. Though we had it was the stock market is up today, and and we have been selling watches, so we'll see how long this lasts and how low it goes. But um, we're seeing kind of like a price decrease across the board with all watches, including Rolex. But Rolex, I haven't seen like a fifty percent increase. I've seen maybe like a ten. Uh, uh, like a five, ten, and fifteen percent e- uh, decrease, depending on, in my opinion, the way it is, is it, what's happening is the watches that people were buying just because they were a good investment. Those are the ones that are going down the most, and then followed by the ones that people actually love and were also a good investment. So, you so know, when, like Daytona's. When should I yeah. get that? Uh, that uh, polar. Explorer? When should I get that polar? I mean, there's no time like the present. I mean, uh, if you want to buy a pre-owned one, it's probably not a bad time to pick up one in the next few weeks. I, I have to assume because I would mind a pre-owned one. Yeah, I mean that's they they were trading above retail, so I have to assume they're going to be back down below. And and if you listen to another podcast that I recorded with a guy from my office who's been in, who's been selling watches since the eighties, and you know his belief is that a lot of those watches that were trading above retail that had been sold previously, so like Explorer Two was a watch that sold pre-owned, so it was an eighty-one hundred dollar retail. But it would sell pre-owned for probably about like six sixty-five for a long time, and then this bubble has pushed everything up. So like Submariners are over retail, you buy Submariners for ten and eleven, and Explore twos are like between like uh, I guess like eighty-five to like almost ten thousand dollars. So that's all going to come down. Um, that's all going to come down, I believe. So I think that after this whole coronavirus thing, you know, is gone and people are back to normal and we're all you know feel safe again. And people are happy buying. I think that those watches are never going to go back up to what they were just a few weeks ago. I think that those watches are are going to end up being right around the list, if not. So, I mean, it's not. It's never going to be a bad time to buy a watch as long as you have the money. I think. All right, all right. Keep keep your ears pieced for me. Yeah, absolutely. The next one that comes in, that a good deal. You're you'll be getting a call from me for sure. Sweet. Yeah, man. But um, all right, so. Let me think if there's anything else. So, I mean, uh, in terms of watches, do you have any other cool, crazy stories about buying, selling a watch, getting a watch, or like what's what's the most meaningful watch? It sounds like your your Quorum is your most meaningful watch in your collection right now, right? Yeah, I would say that one for sure has the most character and the, and the coolest story behind it. But um, yeah, I mean, just buying and selling, I mean, I've sold some pretty- What's fun- the most, that's, one, that's a question I was going to ask you. You were selling watches in Costa Rica. What's the most expensive watch you've ever sold? 
So I sold a Jacob. Um, there was a World Cup. They, did, they had a World Cup, and my um, my friend Hosley, uh, with Jacob directly, he designed a bunch of uh, World Cup art. You know, like painting the watches, different sure. things like that. So uh, I, I think I sold a forty thousand dollar like David Beckham with an England painting, uh, with all diamonds. It went up to, with the diamonds too to one of my friends. So wow. that That's one. That's crazy. This is pre pre jail for Jacob. I'm guessing, right? He, this is, he's this, relaunched. Yeah, yeah, this was a while ago. And the crazy part of that is that this guy had a lot of money and he bought the Jacob. I think it was like 25000 or something. He put diamonds on the bracelet. He put diamonds on the bezel. It went up to like 45000 He put into it. Wow. Uh, and we were out partying uh, and he was wrestling at the bar with another guy. And oh, no. they basic, basic, basically ripped the watch off his wrist Oh, and God. we left the bar because we were drinking and I guess we didn't remember. He didn't remember. How do you not know that your watch got ripped off your wrist? You know what <laughs> I mean? He was so drunk, I guess. He was pretty drunk. Um, and we went back to the bar and nobody had said, nobody said anything. They're like, oh, yeah, we never saw it. We never saw it. So he lost. Oh, this guy lost a $45,000 watch. And then he felt so bad about it. So he went back and he took another one, the same watch. Because they made, I guess, a couple watches that are the same. He took the same watch. On credit, and um, then took off, left the watch with uh, this lawyer, who I tried to okay. get the watch back because he had moved away and he had it was okay. like a problem, so he didn't want to. He just left all his stuff there, and I was sure. trying to I was trying to collect this watch from this shady lawyer in Costa Rica, who okay. didn't want to give back this Jacob uh, David Beckham. With the guy hadn't paid anything for that one. He hadn't paid anything for this one, but he bought the first one okay. and didn't pay for the second one. So the guy ended up stealing the watch, didn't give it to me. And oh, God. this is a friend of mine that I recommended to my friend who sells watches, right? Imagine how bad I feel. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. My friend also knew that he was giving out watches on credit to certain people that he might have, shouldn't have done, you know? Ah, oh, jeez. But we got a little bit of money out of my friend and um, I'm still trying to collect something from my friend. <laughs> 15 years later because 15 years later oh, well the, the thing is is that when you when you're a fighter uh when you win fights everybody wants to be your friend when you lose fights nobody wants to talk to you right yeah, so nobody wants to call nobody you. wants to call you so i won the fight and this guy had called me i hadn't talked to him in a while he's like hey man what's up like um i saw your fights awesome fights like i want to sponsor you i got some money and i'm like you know what i'm here with my friend michael before you sponsor me talk to michael and try to clear up your debt because i don't want you know, like money. Right. I don't want any money from you unless it's towards my other friend. And then they, right. they spoke together, and I think he got a little bit of money back. But it was okay. the right, it was the right thing to do, you know. Yeah, Jesus. So that's a cool story, you know. Um, <laughs> that's funny as shit. Yeah. So, so you said you uh, so you won. Uh, trying to think here. So you so, how many watches have you gotten for winning fights? So I've gotten, I guess. For my last fight against Amir Khan, they gave me okay. they gave me two anonymous two anonymous watches, uh, two militaries, mm -hmm. uh, a silver one and then a bronze one, or a, okay. or a steel one I should say, steel and bronze. Um, right. And then they also gave me money, you know, so they gave me a nice little chunk of money, which was nice. Oh, nice. Uh, and then before that, I fought um, against uh, Shimoshi Kota, which was okay. the Japanese guy that I got submission of the best submission of all time in one championship. If you check it out, I did a reverse. I have to watch the fight. Reverse triangle. Oh, okay. I've seen highlights of this. Absolutely. That was they, a, they, they, they pushed that big time. That fight was amazing. And I ended up getting uh, a couple watches from that sponsor. I got a Corum and I got this Diedrich okay. and I got a uh, Salvador Ferragamo and just a couple of different watches. Sure. Um, some fashion watches too. Just yeah. some fashions. Some of them were gifts for other people. Yeah. You know, because sure. I don't want to just keep all the abundance to myself. So I like, yeah. you got to give a little bit to get some back. And then right. before that, I guess I fought um, Ev Ting and Roger Huerta, and that was with the right. that was with the Parlay deal, and they had given mm -hmm. me eight watches, uh, no money, oh, but wow. they had given me eight watches that were slowly being sold every other month or two months or four months or sure. wherever it is. Just on eBay or where do you move them? Yeah, I have like on eBay. I just have an eBay account. One of my good friends, he works with eBay. He just like puts them up there and cool. helps me sell them. Uh, That's and, nice. and then before that, I, do they? I mean, do you like sign the paperwork and say this comes from MMA 
fighter or a sex yeah. in or just well i have i mean boxing papers there's always boxing papers and if you go sure. if you go online and you look on parallel i'm still as a brand ambassador on their webpage. oh interesting. so you can check and see me up there wearing the watches and you know this and that so are they paying you still though or the, like how does that work the parallel is not paying me imagine so they just they just left it up there and you're like yeah whatever i might as well <laughs> It's a shady. I mean, it's it a matter? shady industry that we're in, right? You know what I mean. Other people have told me that too. They're like, "You're still up there as an image." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna smack a sleeping dog." You know what I mean? Like, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's like I guess you know, it's it's helping get your name out there for the time being, anyways. Yeah, you know. So I have I have, I'm up on Anonymo and I'm up on Parlay, which is kind of like you know I'm being kind of like a watch a watch bitch there passed around. I don't know whatever, but <laughs> hey man, somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> but. Again, I'm always loyal to my friend Michael. Whatever he wants me to do, Mr. Hosley, he's like, listen, we're done with these guys. We're going to these guys. We're working with these guys. He's a watch shark. You know, he's been he's been sure. in this industry cool. for a long time. So uh, ba nice. basically, we're trying to always improve and get bigger and better. You know. Um, so what's the what would be I guess is it Rolex your ideal brand to be uh, uh, sponsoring you or? Um, not necessarily. I mean. There's, I mean, I can't think offhand, offhand right now. I, I would like to have maybe a Corum sponsor. Who knows? I mean, like, sure. Um, Hublot would be nice. Anonymous had said, yeah. Anonymous had said they would let me make a watch. I would design a watch. So that would be kind of sure. cool to have that. Well, they have some. You saw that. Well, they relaunched and they have some new, new stuff. I actually, I've had the bronze one, which you and I talked about, and I had, I gave as a gift. It would, unfortunately, they named it the Nazi Low, which was. It's like a little too close to the to the Nautilus, but that was their new model. The watch itself was awesome. I just I don't think the branding was on point. I, I think a lot of these brands they suffer from like poor marketing decisions. You know, like they they make cool watches that I think people could buy into, but the their like their brand like why would you name a watch? I understand that for them, it, you know the 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 new cases. If you Google it, you'll see it looks kind of like a Nautilus, like yeah. a Nautilus shell, but. Probably the most popular watch right now on the planet Earth is, an, is the Paddock 5711 Nautilus. Yeah. So for you to launch a watch called the Nautilus, yeah. like what? Like what the, what the hell's going on there? But the watches are cool. They're cool as shit. Yeah. People like them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you look at Rolex, I, they, I think they had sponsored like Roger Federer or Nadal or Nadal's right. with Richard Milley. Yeah. I'm not sure. But all those yeah, Nadal's Richard Milley. massive brands, you know. Uh, Omega would be pretty cool. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Well, have you ever had an Omega before or not? I haven't, but I've been getting into them just because I watched all the Bonds. I was watching all these Bonds. Sure. Uh, I went on like a Bondathon. I like watched like thirty-eight yeah. Bond movies, and I was looking at every Seamasters, every watch they yeah. had in there, all the Omegas and the Seikos and different things that he's wearing and the Rolexes. So I started just uh, just checking all his freeze framing. Pausing it and be like, what is he wearing? What is Bond wearing? <laughs> Google. What is Bond yeah. wearing? I want to wear that one. Wait, Rolex, always well, Rolex, Seiko, and, and Omega has been kind of his, uh, uh, what Bond's been wearing. I wonder what the new Bond, well, the new Bond is, is it Idris Elba? Elba, isn't it? Didn't I read that somewhere? They wanted to. I think he wanted they, to. They, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I think he got coronavirus. He's got coronavirus right now. Maybe he's not working. Oh, that's right. He's got yeah, it. He got it. Yeah, well, I, you would hope that a guy like that can be able to survive. He's a big, strong guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. He might be, I, was he, I don't know this, but I thought I, I read maybe the tricks. I did hear that maybe he was asymptomatic, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's not because he got tested, so maybe he was sick. Well, well definitely if your immune system is not tip-top, you can get it, and you might not recover. Right. That definitely like does it. a harsh a, a damage on your lungs. Um, yeah. You know, they're saying 80% of the world's going to get this, so it's a matter of – I have heard those figures uh, too. You know, yeah, taking care crazy. of yourself. It could be anybody in your family, so you just want to make sure that we listen, stay home. Take it seriously, yeah. you know. Your immune system is definitely something that you don't joke around about. Um, that's right. So, well, you're as a professional athlete. I mean, that's very important for you. You see, like some of these NBA guys get it. And have we seen anybody in the MMA world uh, being been diagnosed with it yet? Well, I got back from. Um, I was traveling, and I got back in late January. And I got just so sick. Everybody at our gym got sick, and I had like two weeks. I just couldn't kick this flu, and I was coughing, and it was bad. Um, you think that might have could have been? I it? don't even know. I don't even know. I've been, I've been hearing stories. I was like bad though. I was bad, and and I told my doctor and my friends are like, man, most likely you could have even had it, but who knows? Right. I'm not going to speculate. Well, I'll right? tell you. I'll tell you something. So I I talked to a guy the other day who runs a uh, he uh, works in a large hospital in Houston. He said that in December and January and bleeding into February, they had a huge uptick of people coming with respiratory illnesses. 
And now looking back, this was before they even knew that the I guess the virus is here. And he was saying he's like looking back that it seems like that that was they knew they knew it was here in January. They just didn't think it was going to be what it was. So they didn't take it. Right. They didn't take anything seriously about it. You know, it was just more like oh, yeah. whatever. It's not going to happen to us. But then you know right. everything. This just goes to shows that everything we do affects everybody around the whole planet because this sure. this can just go around the whole planet in a wave. And if you just mm-hmm. saw it's not going to affect me and turn your back on it, this just goes right. through everywhere. So you have to respect it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well, that's even true in the watch world. If you dump your watch for a cheap price and everybody, and somebody finds out about it, then that, you know, exactly. people started thinking exactly. about it. Exactly. So don't, you know, wash your hands and don't sell your watch cheap. How about that? Exactly. Is that, Hold uh, on to things that are value, that have value. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we're running up on on the end of the hour here. I think this was uh, this was a, a fun uh, conversation. I think we got a good a good view of things. And uh, anything else you want to add? No, I mean I just appreciate the time. It's nice to talk to somebody else that uh, you know that's a completely obsessed that's made watches into their living. You know, this is what you do. I always envy you guys. Oh, I yeah. have a few friends that sell watches. <laughs> I was like, man, you guys get to travel around, talk about watches, sell watches, own nice watches. It's a pretty cool job, for sure. Uh, although you are an artist, so uh, uh, we're all struggling artists, you know, and we work hard. And when it's, you know, when the when the cow's fat, everybody eats. When it's skinny, it's not. It's not that easy. So, um, right. I definitely, you know, hold tight. I'll be sending people your way. Um, cool. You know, Appreciate anybody it. that I that I know that needs watches, I'll send them down to you. Um, Sweet. Yeah, my social media. I'm starting to build back on my social media. Tar- That's right. You got hacked, right? Yeah, I got hacked. It can happen. Very. It got deleted, and I'm basically starting again. So Tarzan CR. If you want to check it out, follow the sure. follow the journey. I'll follow you back, and um, yeah, man, make make this. Uh, here, I'm gonna take a little screenshot here. There we go. I'll post that on my social media too. Nice uh, to pro- promote this. But all right, cool. So Tarzan CR. Yeah, because you had. How many followers did you have before? I remember seeing a, you had a shit time. Well, I mean, not necessarily like a, as much as some people, but I was definitely over 10,000, which is already hard to do, you know. Uh, right. And one, yeah. The first 10,000 is the hardest, you know. Once you get over, sure. it just starts getting easy. And this is genuine. Like I had a lot of engagement and I and actually like had a lot of people, like I would put up a picture or a video and I'd have like a lot of my, my, my friends and fans from MMA would be engaged yeah. with it. Um, Sure. So again, I'm getting pretty good engagement now. It's all about content. I guess I didn't really care about it until I lost it, you know, because I, I wasn't really like posting every day. I wasn't really living the Instagram life, but I did have right. different sponsors and different things that I needed to, you know, use it as a platform. So now well, it's a great way to network. Yeah, That's, it's, and, it's I mean, your resume. It, the watch community, like before Instagram, the watch community was either like online or just like your buddies around. Now, like Instagram has changed the watch community. And in my opinion, like if you've listened to any of this stuff I've said in the past, like I believe that the reason why the bubble, like this Rolex bubble and everything has happened is a huge percentage of that comes from Instagram. So, I mean, it's a great way to connect people, you know. For sure. Exactly. So, we have to take advantage of it. So, I'm back. I'm back. Tarzan's back. Sweet. All right. Well, listen, you're you're making your living doing, you know, what what 99.9999% of all of civilization is run from, which is fighting. So, well, you gotta respect you, man. I never chose this life. I, I, I just have an ability as an athlete, I guess. And some people, you know, like, are kind of built for it, I guess. I don't know. I'm Listen, lucky. There's, I'm lucky. There's a lot of athletes out there. There's not a, there's not a lot of guys kicking people in the head or, 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 or trying to dodge those kicks, you know? So It just becomes, you, know, de- you get desensitized, you know? Like, mo- sure. most fighters aren't fighting. They don't fight their way into fighting. They're fighting to get out of, right. get out of something. So, it started, sure. like, you know, getting into fights on the street and just always being extra, you know, hyper and fighting as a kid. And then it turned into like, right. you know, parties in, and growing up, people fighting in the back of parties. And then it turned into, okay, might as well just take this talent and be a professional, you know? Sure. Well, you've done that. That's for sure, man. So do you have, do you have a fight lined up or your next fight yet or now? So I broke my arm after my first, my last fight in February last year. That's so right. you were in a tournament, right? I was right? in a Grand Prix tournament, and I, I won the first round, and then I broke my arm after, because I broke my arm mm-hmm. five years ago, and I have a plate through my arm, and I have eight mm-hmm. screws in here. So I did five fights with a plate in my arm, and basically just got hit the wrong way, and it broke again five years later. So now I'm all healed up, 
and I'm, I'm 38, so I'm still prolonging, you know, fighting a little bit older. I'm still chasing my dream that I want to be a world champion, so I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And I'll definitely fight again this year. Um, hopefully, when this whole thing kind of calms down, I can get back into training. Right. Uh, but maybe in the second and the third quarter of the year, I'll be back in, in the cage for sure. Cool. All right, man. Well, I hope to see you. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and end it there. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Ariel. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Talk to you. Bye.